Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 20 from the World English Bible. Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army together, and there were 32 kings with him, with horses and chariots. He went up and besieged Samaria and fought against it. He sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city and said to him, Ben-Hadad says, Your silver and your gold is mine. Your wives also and your children, even the best, are mine. The king of Israel answered, It is according to your saying, my lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. The messengers came again and said, Ben-Hadad says, I sent indeed to you, saying, You shall deliver me your silver and your gold and your wives and your children, but I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they will search your house and the houses of your servants. Whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hand and take it away. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Please notice how this man seeks mischief. For he sent to me for my wives and for my children and for my silver and for my gold, and I didn't deny him. All the elders and all the people said to him, Don't listen and don't consent. Therefore he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king, All that you sent for to your servant at the first I will do, but this thing I cannot do. The messengers departed and brought him back the message. Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, The gods do so to me and more also if the dust of Samaria will be enough for handfuls for all the people who follow me. The king of Israel answered, Tell him, Don't let him who puts on his armor brag like he who takes it off. When Ben-Hadad heard this message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilions, he said to his servants, Prepare to attack. They prepared to attack the city. Behold, a prophet came near to Ahab king of Israel and said, Yahweh says, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. Ahab said, By whom? He said, Yahweh says, By the young men of the princes of the provinces. Then he said, Who shall begin the battle? He answered, You. Then he mustered the young men of the princes of the provinces, and they were two hundred and thirty-two. After them he mustered all the people, even all the children of Israel being seven thousand. They went out at noon. But Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the pavilions, he and the kings, the thirty-two kings who helped him. The young men of the princes of the provinces went out first, and Ben-Hadad sent out, and they told him, saying, Men are coming out from Samaria. He said, If they have come out for peace, take them alive, or if they have come out for war, take them alive. So these went out of the city, the young men of the princes of the provinces and the army which followed them. They each killed his man, 
the Syrians fled and Israel pursued them. Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with horsemen. The king of Israel went out and struck the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. The prophet came near to the king of Israel and said to him, Go, strengthen yourself and mark and see what you do, for at the return of the year the king of Syria will come up against you. The servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their god is a god of the hills, therefore they were stronger than we, but let's fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. Do this thing, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their place. Muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse, and chariot for chariot. We will fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they are. He listened to their voice and did so. At the return of the year, Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. The children of Israel were mustered and given provisions and went against them. The children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of young goats, but the Syrians filled the country. A man of God came near and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Yahweh says, Because the Syrians have said, Yahweh is a god of the hills, but he is not a god of the valleys, therefore I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. They encamped opposite each other for seven days. So it was that in the seventh day the battle was joined, and the children of Israel killed one hundred thousand footmen of the Syrians in one day. But the rest fled to Aphek into the city, and the wall fell on twenty-seven thousand men who were left. Ben-Hadad fled and came into the city, into an inner room. His servants said to him, See now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Please let us put sackcloth on our bodies and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Maybe he will save your life. So they put sackcloth on their bodies and ropes on their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. He said, Is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men observed diligently and hurried to take this phrase, and they said, Your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, Go, bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him, and he caused him to come up into the chariot. Ben-Hadad said to him, The cities which my father took from your father I will restore. You shall make streets for yourself in Damascus, as my father made in Samaria. I, said Ahab, will let you go with this covenant. So he made a covenant with him and let him go. A certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his fellow by Yahweh's word, Please strike me. The man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed Yahweh's voice, behold, as soon as you have departed from me, a lion will kill you. As soon as he had departed from him, a lion found him and killed him. Then he found another man and said, Please strike me. The man struck him and wounded him. So the prophet departed and waited for the king by the way, and disguised himself with his headband over his eyes. As the king passed by, he cried to the king, and he said, Your servant went out into the middle of the battle, and behold, a man came over, and brought a man to me, and said, Guard this man. 
If by any means he is missing, then your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. As your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. The king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. He hurried and took the headband away from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized that he was one of the prophets. He said to him, Yahweh says, Because you have let go out of your hand the man whom I had devoted to destruction, therefore your life will take the place of his life, and your people take the place of his people. The king of Israel went to his house sullen and angry, and came to Samaria. That is the end of chapter 20. Here we have a different king of Syria than the one Elijah was told to anoint at the end of the last chapter, but we know from the account of King David in particular that actually being in the role of king does not necessarily follow right after an anointing. Now, Ben-Hadad's first message to King Ahab in verse 3 seems to be and is apparently expected to be in the tone of King Ahab and Israel being subservient, being vassals to him, which King Ahab accedes to readily. But then Ben-Hadad pushes to the level of plunder and captivity, and this is not the comfortable surrender that King Ahab was agreeing to. But he asks for the counsel of of the elders whose support he would need in battle. Ben-Hadad is feeling indestructible, so he says he'll just wipe out their civilization if they don't cooperate. King Ahab's reply seems more confident than his henpecked character so far has shown, saying, don't let him who puts on his armor brag like he who takes it off. I find this a very interesting statement, and I may have to find a way to use it. In verse 12, Ben-Hadad is foolishly getting drunk, and helping all his leaders with him get drunk when there's a battle at hand. Then he initiates battle preparation before he sobers up. In verse 13, we notably have a couple of different prophets than Elijah speaking to King Ahab during this event. And King Ahab speaks to them easily and acknowledges in the way he responds that they represent Yahweh. He is not ignorant of Yahweh. He even asks for clarification and follows instruction. Then in verse 16, we see that apparently part of Ben-Hadad's preparation was to continue getting drunk. When his lookouts or scouts bring him news of the approaching, approaching enemy troops, he's still very confident, just take them alive. But unfortunately for him, Yahweh provides the victory and sends the prophet again to tell King Ahab what to expect from Ben-Hadad next. Then in verse 23, we see the advisors of Ben-Hadad making the same mistake that Goliath made. They make the battle about Yahweh. They challenge him, and Yahweh accepts the challenge. In verse 27, we see that even though the Israelite princes of the provinces had wiped out a large number of Ben-Hadad's forces in the previous battle, when he returns, the comparison is still Humorously, poetically pathetic, Israel is compared to two little flocks of young goats, and the Syrians fill the country. In verse 28, another man of God comes to King Ahab to make sure he completely understands why he will be victorious. In the minds of the Syrians, Yahweh still represents Israel. It's kind of like the people of Jericho had been terrified of Yahweh for the 40 years that Uh, the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness while Israel was still constantly reverting to idols and faithlessness. 
the Syrians don't have a complete understanding of Yahweh, but they do associate him with Israel. In verse 29, we have another seven days of waiting, and then we have a battle, and then we have an Israelite victory. But in verse 31, we have the beginning of the fateful negotiations, at the end of which King Ahab snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, and in essence, thumbs his nose at the victory that Yahweh was handing him and makes an alliance with the enemy who thought he could overthrow God. King Ahab doesn't just let Ben-Hadad live, he gives him a place of honor by inviting him into the kingly chariot. He makes a covenant with him, such as the Israelite kings were not supposed to do with heathen kings. One can only surmise that King Ahab saw more value, valued worldly power and connections more than he valued following Yahweh. Then in verse 35, we have another bizarre story about a disobedient prophet getting killed by a lion. And again, it's almost like he's making a compassionate, reasonable decision, but he's refusing a direct command. Well, the next prophet that was given this command went ahead and hit the other prophet as directed. All of this to make a visual declaration to King Ahab about his own unfaithfulness to Yahweh, who had just sent messages to him several times. If you count Elijah, we have a record of five prophetic messages, and it's quite possible that there are more that were not recorded because King Ahab recognized this prophet as one of the prophets, meaning that he knew more than one of these prophets by sight. And then in verse 43, King Ahab's response is sullen and angry. Like a child who has been corrected multiple times but still wants to do what he wants to do, so gets mad when he is exposed for what he is and finally has to deal with the consequences of his own choices. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 